Welcome to the Tilted Halo. This is a new podcast and it's for anybody who's a woman in ministry. You might be a pastor like myself, a bishop, a priest, a rabbi, music minister, elder, children's minister, whatever your title is, you're absolutely in the right place. Especially if you're someone who loves your ministry and you're doing it well and you're feeling pressure to sometimes be perfect and deep down inside, you know you're not. And how in the world to deal with that? And men, you're absolutely welcome here too because this is about ministry and the same thing can happen to you. So you're all in the right place. Let's get started with the show. Why do you do what you do? Now, that may seem like a strange question for those of us who are in faith leadership, Um, but it's really not. You know, why did you get up and go to work today? Go to the office or get involved in doing something today? Why? Whatever it is you're doing, if this is your day off when you're listening to this, why, why did you do the things you did today on your day off? Why do you do any of the different things you do? But most of all, why do you participate in and do things within your faith community? What's going on with that? You know, why is it? And then the question is, why does your faith community exist where it is, and why do they do the things as a whole community that they do? What's going on? What's important to them? Why? Now, you've probably heard of something called an elevator pitch. That's the kind of thing that uh, many people in any kind of sales are taught that it's got to be a short statement of who you are, what you're about, the kind of thing that you can say to somebody when you're in an elevator, maybe just going one or two floors. Somebody says, hey, how are you? I'm so-and-so, and this is what I do. Yeah, yeah, that's an elevator pitch. But there's something else that's... Um, a a term that's been coined, uh, it's called an elevated pitch. It's a pitch that talks about our why. And it talks about, it's it's a way to um, convince others to be a positive force of change and why they should do that, why they should want that. I'll give you an example Um People need to understand why they should want to change, Um, why they should want to be a part of an activity, a process, or whatever that is about doing something different than the same old, same old they've been doing. One of the first congregations I served was a small congregation in a small town, The congregation was aging at that point in time, and it was a kind of a traditional church building uh, built on the corner of two streets. And and to get into the building at any point, you had to go up some stairs. 
okay, um, now when most of us as younger people, uh, stairs are no problem. But sometimes, and for some people, stairs get to be a problem. Uh, I can remember watching people bring a casket into that um, building because they had to carry the casket up the, the 10 or 12 steps into the church every single time they came. And that was hard enough in the middle of, you know, good weather. But if it was raining or this was in a, a mid, upper Midwestern area, so there were times where it was snowy and somewhat slippery. And I just kind of um, held my breath every single time I watched them bringing a casket in or taking a casket out of that building because of those steps. But then as I was there for a number of years, um, I noticed some of the members getting a little bit older and less able to navigate the steps themselves. And realized that some of those people pretty soon wouldn't be able to attend worship or anything that happened in the building. And you came up to go to the worship space, you went down steps to go into the fellowship area. So no matter which way they went, they had to do steps. And there was no other option there. And so I started talking with them about doing some long-range planning to put in an elevator. And I got these blank stairs and this, uh, well, why? Why in the world would we need an elevator? You know, and I talked about people getting older that, well, yeah, we're getting older, but we'll manage. And I talked about bringing caskets in. Oh, well, we manage now. And it was kind of like, hmm, how to get these folks to understand and care about their own facility and their own abilities and the other members' increasing limited abilities so that they could help people be able to come into the worship space um, to, be, to be there. And at that point, there weren't enough people who cared enough about that to be able to bring it about. When we help people understand why, when we help people uh, tap into what they care about, their why, then things can happen. Um, we need to find out what brings each member meaning uh, and purpose in their being a member of the congregation, uh, whatever that faith community may be. How can they brighten another member's day, um, not just at worship? That's important. That's a very vital part of most uh, within Christian communities and Jewish and Muslim. It's a very important part of um, our faith, but it's not the sum total of it. And how do they improve the congregation? How do they um, help grow this to be a larger community in some way? Um, 
how do they like to do things? Um, and what would they like to do? There was um, a, a, another time where in another congregation, they were knowing they needed to do some repair work. Their uh, fellowship area, uh, it had basically a flat roof on that building, and it had been leaking for some time, actually a couple of years. And um, the leaks were getting bigger, as tends to happen. And so uh, one came into that space after it had rained, um, a significant rain, and there were buckets on the floor in not just one or two, but like four or five of them uh, at various places on the floor so that to catch the water. And there were places now where people could not sit for um, an adult Sunday school class that was held in that area because of the leaks in the ceiling. And people knew this and they knew they needed to get it done, but there was so much tension and conflict in that congregation at that time for other reasons that nobody had taken the steps to help them move forward with getting that done. And so we, um, after coming to that congregation, um, my husband, who's also a pastor, and I were the pastors, and we had a brainstorming session with the members of the congregation. What was going to be important to them? You know, yes, the roof, but were there other things? Were there other ideas that they had, other things on their wish list that would be important to them? And until we asked, we would have never known because there were things they brought up that I would not have thought about, but things that were important to them. And by the way, putting in an elevator was important to them as well. They could access on ground level the education building, but not the area where the worship space was. That was only accessible by steps again. And so they figured, let's put in an elevator that's big enough to hold a casket. And if we're going to reconfigure some of the space here, let's do it in a way that that's possible. Plus fix the roof, by the way. Um, so one of the things to do is something like that. Have brainstorming sessions. What's important to the people? What would, if they could dream and dream wildly sometimes as to what's important, what they would like to see possible? Ask. You won't know until you ask but let them have a say as to why. And then maybe you and the staff to start with, and then other people, journal for a few minutes uh, about uh, some meaningful experience you've had during the day, every day. And that is the kind of thing that helps people find meaning. If you don't know your why at the particular time, what is it that to find the meaning in your life. Take the time to write in a journal for a couple minutes every single day. And that 
can reignite your sense of why. Why do you do things? Um, why do you get up in the morning and go to work? Is it just for the money? Is it because that's what you're supposed to do? Is it because you enjoy being with the people? Is it because you find meaning in your work? If you find meaning in what you're doing, what kind of meaning? What part of it brings you the joy and the meaning? What parts maybe don't bring you the joy and the meaning? It's important to know that too. And then find ways to expand power to everyone within your faith community. That lifts the weight of doing so much on your own and within such a small group of people. It helps kind of democratize the power, spread the power and the possibilities of that all throughout the whole congregation. That's one way to do that. Uh, And it increases the power to lift heavier loads uh, because there's more people helping. There's more people involved. Um, There's more hands on deck, so to speak, in that sense. But get people to explore why. Why are they there? You know, go back into the history and find out why that congregation was started in the first place. Why there? Who were the people that were there and beginning it? And, you know, what was important to them? And then ask, what's important now? Why are we here in this place, in this particular time and space? What's the possibility that we hold? What are the things that might be planned for what's coming into this community if you're in certain areas? Um, There's a congregation that I know that a few, some years ago, um, as they built a new education unit, created space within that unit for a daycare, uh, an after part of it after school, part of it a daycare program. And there weren't, at that time, it was still um, kind of on the outside edges of town, but they could foresee the expansion of the community slowly moving out in that direction and that there would be more people coming out, that there would be needs for people in that area to have a place uh, for parents who work to have a place for their children, their young children. So they created this daycare. And now a couple of years ago, a new elementary school was built right across the street. And so it was very wise planning that they saw the need for that coming into that community. So look at what are the needs now, yes. But what's coming? What what are the trends that are coming in that area? Think about that as well. Think about the, the passionate desires and movements that people have within your faith community as far as how they... Um, see things like the environment and the impact and things that they could have for that. There's a a congregation, again, that I was part of that years and years ago, um, some of the members were uh, part of 
um, getting the um, some agri- good agricultural practices and uh, soil uh, conservation efforts into the community, and that they did things within the land with uh, where they're buildings are, but they also helped that with people in the community. So that was all a really good thing for people to do, to think about, oh man, you know, these are things that are important to us. These are things that we know and that can help the community. And so, yes, share that. Help people find ways within your faith community, to bring that message, that way of sharing God's love to the broader community by knowing who you are as individuals, yes, but as a whole community. What's the purpose? Why are you there? Why are you there in this place in this time? And that may have changed since the very beginning of time. You know, the community around you may be changing if it hasn't already changed. And that can be scary. But what are the opportunities that are in the midst of that as well? The opportunities that are there for the new community, the new things that are happening. And we may say, oh, but it's changing and I don't like the way it's changing and it's going to be bad. Only if we let it be. We have the power to be a positive influence wherever we are, especially as people of faith. That's what God's love brings. It brings the transformative power of God's love into a community, into the environment. And so, why are you there? Give an elevated talk. Not a TED talk, but an elevated one. One that's based on why. Why God's love here, now, with us as the people who we are, as individuals and as a whole community. This is what we have to offer. And it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. So, what's your elevated talk? Not an elevator. You don't want to go up and down. You just want to raise the bar. See the potential. See God's vision and God's dream and love spread in your community in new and different ways. So until next time, with whatever I bring to you then, God's peace, God's blessings, and gratitude and thanks to each and every one of you for being here today. You have been listening to Tilted Halo with me, Kathleen Panning. What did you think about this episode? I'd really like to hear from you. Leave me some comments. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this episode. And catch another upcoming episode for more conversation on ministry, life, mindset, and a whole lot more. Go to www.tiltedhalohelp.com where I've got a resource guide and other resources waiting for you. And be sure to say hi to me, Kathleen Panning, on LinkedIn. See you on the next episode.